It is time for our Straight Talk segment where we are hoping to hear from you. 877-795-0122 is the toll-free number to call. You can also leave questions on our Facebook page on Real Presence Radio. And again, you know, Father Gross and I, we not only do we have the gift for Gab, but we have this ability to stimulate one another into interesting thoughts, comments, questions, ideas. And trust me when I say Father Gross and I can carry a conversation. That's not the problem. We're, you know, we really, really do want to hear from you. We can't encourage you enough. Pick up that phone, 877-795-0122, or fire off a text message to Father Gross or myself or to the Facebook page. Um, challenge us. Throw mm-hmm. something out there that we have an empty back us, seat, know. and we don't mind back seat drivers in this segment here for that, our straight talk, a straight talk segment on Real Presence Live. Um, we were talking about this time of year and all of the wonderful celebrations which are couched within this important season of Lent, but it's almost as though we have a little bit of a, um, a refreshment now. March nineteenth. Uh, when the date does not fall on a Sunday, is the Solemnity of St. Joseph, husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary, foster father of the the child Jesus. But this year it is transferred to March 20th, and um, this day holds special importance to me, in a sense, for a couple of different reasons. My first parish assignment as a parochial vicar was St. Joseph's Church out in Devil's Lake, and the seminary I attended, the Pontifical College Josephinum, has St. Joseph in, in Columbus, Ohio, as as its patron. In fact, we would have that day off of classes um, in order to honor our dear patron, St. Joseph. So it was nice experiencing it as a holiday after having never experienced it really as a holiday before. So, of course, you can't be, I mean, you can't be truly Catholic not being affected by St. Joseph at some point, right? So I'm pastor of St. Joseph's uh, Parish in Lincoln, North Dakota right now, the good people there. So mm-hmm. it's a great joy for us. Also, I was ordained in St. Joseph's Chapel in uh, Kendrick oh, Seminary in St. Right. Louis, where Bishop Sullivan the came diaconate. You, you bet it was one of the most glorious ceremonies and liturgies that I... Yeah, that was in the era when uh, transitional deacons were often ordained at the seminary they attended rather than in the diocese or their home parish. It it just depends from one diocese to another how they go about it. So theologically here, though, to talk about some of the significance here. So first of all, it does seem strange that we're in the season of Lent. Why would we step out, you know, to, um, you know, have a day of glory or something like that? But, um, and again, these things like the... Solemnity of St. Joseph or things about uh, solemnities of Mary, this kind of thing. What, what's so important to keep in mind, they always point back to Christ. Or the reason we're celebrating them is because something of Christ that we know as a certainty is being manifested through the... It's like the running over the glory. The cup runneth over. So if you look, so the Feast of St. Joseph happens, it's an octave before the Annunciation. And so what's the Annunciation? Well, the Annunciation is the moment when... God and man become friends again, right? Uh, the, the original sin, this is the separation of the divine and, and the human natures in that original sin. And so we're waiting. All of creation is holding its breath for this great moment when God and man become friends again. We mm-hmm. say that that happened in the yeah. new and eternal covenant in the divine person of Jesus Christ in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So the Holy Spirit overshadows her and she becomes the mother of God. We can say mother of God because she's the mother of his human nature and you cannot separate the human divine nature so we say Mm -hmm. she's the mother of God. Well, so the church says, okay, well, it's very important to establish the family, you know, before we, so like, so thus we have 
the feast of St. Joseph, spouse of Mary, an octave before this great revelation. Mm -hmm. Let's also point out the math that March 25th falls exactly nine months before December 25th, which we celebrate as Christmas Day. So there's that, uh, there's that um, um, synergy as well. And uh, when we speak about a solemnity, it is a particular type of uh, celebration in the church liturgical year of the highest rank. So you have solemnities, then you have feasts, and then you have memorials. So one thing that you'll notice if you attend Mass on uh, next Monday, the 20th for St. Joseph, or a week from Saturday the 25th um, for a Mass during the day for the Annunciation, is that there will be a full complement of readings such as we would have during uh, the course of a Sunday. We will resume praying the Gloria, and we will pray the Nicene Creed. So those are the aspects, I think, liturgically that identify those things. St. Patrick's Day, though, we should mention. Oh, before Before we we get to that. Before we pop off onto St. Patrick's Day, there's something, because unfolding these mysteries, there's levels and levels of Right, right, yep. Let's let's tie the bow on this one. Let's talk, let's bring back, uh, uh, you mentioned uh, the 25th, why that's so significant. And I I do want to take a moment on this because I I find this so stimulating. And I would reference our our readers to uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, wrote wrote a a book on on the liturgy, right? And so in that volume, he addresses sacred time. And he speaks about this, this question about, hey, did... Did the uh, the Christians, the Catholic Church, did they did they just adopt a, a, a pagan uh, ritual or ceremony of lights in in December and say, hey, this is the birth of Christ and so forth? And and he, what he points out, and it's so beautifully, he says, actually, um, not that that would be bad, because we, we we Christians we have no problem taking something of the world and blessing it and saying, hey, this is a revelation of God and it manifests the glory of God, like the pine tree or something. We, you know, it represents eternal life. Okay, well, we'll take that, we'll bless it and say, hey, it easily speaks about the mysteries of God. But, but he points out that actually in, in we're Judeo-Christian, if you go back in the Jewish history and the oral traditions and so forth, in, in the Jewish faith, they speak about how like the, the, the March 25th, if you look at the calendars, but basically comes down to March 25th, is the, it's the, the first day of creation, okay? Traditionally, this is an oral tradition in the, in the Jewish uh, history or, or psyche understanding. And he talks about how March 25th is the, is the day when Isaac um, is taken up by his, his uh, Isaac takes, goes up the mountain and takes, um, I'm sorry, let me get the right... Abraham, Abraham is going to sacrifice Isaac him, and the angel the stays his hand. And it, it's on, and it's Mount Mount Moriah, but which later is known as Mount Calvary. And at that moment, again, it's March 25th, and it says that uh, this is the moment, and God says, "No, I will provide the sacrifice." And and um, so, and Cardinal Ratzinger goes on in that book, showing how, and again, these are all oral traditions and different things in our history. And how actually the the conception of Christ is traditionally March 25th, and the, he he makes a good case how the the crucifixion of Christ was March 25th as well. And so there's like this lining up of the of all of creation, basically testifying to to God coming in. And again, see, I find these things very stimulating. And when it comes down to like, is it for certain? Is that really what happened? The bigger point is that there's this there's this whole theo drama going on. The, the God really is in charge, and and we get to live it out and experience it here. And so these things like the feast of Slumty, Saint Joseph of the Annunciation, so forth, it calls to mind. It 
they're, they're little, wonderful, beautiful things, lights in the darkness that point to this greater glory that's coming. And it's all, and, and so to receive it and revel in it and, and be stimulated by it. That's it. Yes, yes, indeed. So, no, that's important that we have um, uh, that, that, we have that uh, perspective, too. And uh, as I was just going to bring up a, f- a moment ago, we do have a question that has been brought to us. With tomorrow be S- being St. Patrick's Day, you know, how, uh, w- what's going on with that, especially when that day falls on, on a Friday? Now, St. Patrick's Day is not a solemnity or a feast. It is a memorial. It would be of a higher plane in certain circumstances. For example, in New York City, it's a big deal because St. Patrick's Cathedral. So if you were pastor of a parish uh, with St. Patrick as a patron, you know, you could celebrate things. Um, what Bishop Folda has uh, decreed is that uh, tomorrow people may... Um, uh, people may suspend, you might say, people may transfer their um, uh, uh, their uh, abstinence from meat um, and apply it to a different weekday within uh, the kind of a range of a week time um, in order to uh, commemorate St. Patrick's Day. Um, but, you know, individual bishops have that responsibility. Right, we correct? should say Bishop Fulda of the Diocese of Fargo. Yes, correct. Our listening area is broader than that. The, but Okay, again, here's something that you want to get in touch with. So, okay, what's the, what's the benefit or what's the good or the danger of it, right? There, there's always, you have to weigh this both ways. So, like, um, so I'd say, like, if you're Irish, Irish descent, there's a, many, many Catholics and Christians who have, St. Patrick is very important, and it's a strong mm-hmm. identity thing, and so, uh, kind of a thing. And on the other hand, people argue and say, like, well, there's only there's only six days out of the year that we're asked to make a sacrifice. Why would we suppress a sacrifice, you know? I, and I'd say, like, as, as a pastor, because I once was the pastor of Parish St. Patrick's, and we actually started a, um, a community uh, event of that that started to grow across the years, because it was important to have these, these identity things. And, and knowing that we, it falls in Lent, yeah, it's a shame to lose you know, it, you know. Kind of a thing. So, so there, there's incredible value in these things, okay? But on the other hand, here's the danger of it is like, and I know because I've had conversations with parishioners where like, oh, so Father, that, so I, I have permission this Friday, I can, you know, it, it, they it kind of like, they don't just hear it as like a, a relaxation of the absence from meat, but it's like, it's almost like getting a, a blessing and permission. Oh, we're gonna be we're gonna be down at the pub having a great time. Right, a pub crawl all night long or something. Kind of yeah. thing. And, and so call to mind like uh, folks, we're we're in the forty days with Christ in the desert, forty days of Lent, where it's it is a season of um being subdued and holding back and it, it isn't like a blessing to say, Hey, throw throw everything off and go out there and just get blitzed or something. It's it's like, no, okay, if you have that identity it's very important. Okay, you can, you're getting permission to do something meaningful in a Catholic, Christian, holy way. Right. It's, it's not within a, a context of moderation and all the rest and, of it. Absolutely. You know, and 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 I think as uh, we have some kind of a moral responsibility to actually you know, yep. be a good example. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the, route we choose. Great. Uh, the biography of St. Patrick is quite interesting, too. Someone who was born and raised in Great Britain and was um, kidnapped, basically, and sold into sa- slavery by pirates in Ireland, where he lived for some six years before gaining his escape. And his love for the people of the place led him to want to return there as a missionary, whereas a lot of us, I think, with those circumstances might say, that brings up such bad, you know, brings up so many bad memories. I don't want to have anything to do with that place or the people, regardless of who was responsible for what happened to me there, that I'm just going to, you know, wash my hands of it and go to a completely different part of Europe or whatever. But that love that he had 
for that place, which really propelled him, is, is, is a powerful story. So it's not like he's born and raised in Ireland and just happens to be somebody who is uh, called to really come, you know, and, and come the, through. And again, there's there's a number of things here. Like, so if you really are interested, say, Patrick, I encourage you, like, Ignatius Press, they just, they, they have a new movie out, I think it was last year, year before they came out, that's excellent. It, go, it goes into kind of the history of it and all that, but there, there's so many things that tie in here, like, a lot of people don't realize um, St. Patrick, what happened to him once he escaped and got his freedom, his relative, we're, we're, we're almost certain that it's his godfather was St. Martin of Tours, and that he actually went to St. Martin, who had a huge influence on the development of the church. And it was St. Martin who actually uh, not only brought him into the faith and the fullness of faith, and probably ordained him as a bishop and actually sent him you know, it actually sent him back to Ireland. So there's all these incredible connections in the church. Yeah, yeah. We're going to resume uh, our discussion here and our uh, Straight Talk segment, 877-795-0122. We'll step aside after a quick break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross joined by Father Jason Leffer. As we are in the middle of our Straight Talk segment, we still have a few minutes to learn to hear from you. Indeed, 877-795-0122 is that number. You can also leave questions for us on our Facebook page on Real Presence Radio. Yeah, and you know, again, this we have the gift for Gab, and as you found in that last segment, we'll just take off and keep going and get stimulated. But we really do want to hear from you, 877-795-0122. Father Gross, you got a very uh, kind of... Stimulating controversial kind of topic here. Why don't you lay it out? Yeah, and and we'll actually probably dig into this in, in a little bit more detail uh, later on, but um, there's a lot of uh, news coming out of um, uh, our neighbors to the north in Canada, a lot of negative news about things that are happening. There is a, um, uh, a, a very unfortunate acronym, MAID, M-A-I-D, Medical Assistance in Dying, uh, talking about uh, physician-assisted suicide, and how this is really becoming um, uh, propelled uh, and accelerated at a quite a quite a rate, and so um, I think uh, you know this is something that I want to especially speak with one of our guests in the next hour about you know in terms of how to make a good a um, you know how, how how to make a good response and what more we could be doing locally in terms of uh, activism you know as Catholics. To, to to uphold the, uh, the 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 dignity of the human person, the dignity of human life, in so many different ways, humanity is being considered expendable, disposable, interchangeable. Whether you're talking about gender identity and things like that, or you know, um, a, a definition of usefulness that people might say, uh, you know, uh, either applies or doesn't apply to a certain situation. This is dangerous territory. It, it all it always has been, but there is, you know, there are a lot of very disturbing trends being codified into law in uh, by our neighbors in the north, and uh, it can't be very far away from from our own country too. You know, so I I, I just want to give a little historical perspective on this because there, there's a number of other things right now in the news that are hitting that it all lines up with so i want to take us back to 1968 and this was the again the famous decision coming down where 
the media and popular culture thought that the Vatican was going to rule that uh, birth control would be morally listed and allowed within relationship. And so there, there was kind of a shock to the world when Pope Paul VI came out with Humani Vitae and, and actually said, no, actually, this, this is immoral. It's, it's not according to God's teaching, the teachings of Christ. And, and in that document, um, there, there was kind of how it was presented, there's kind of like a shock. There, there was this, how it was laid out was the shock where Pope Paul VI taught us, he said, look, if we allow this, if we if we say that this is morally illicit to separate the unitive and procreative aspect of the nuptial union of a man and a woman, and if we we give permission and a blessing to that and say that that's a good thing, he walked us through the effects that that would have. Remember, and so he said, well, if this if this comes to be and we we bless it, um, you're, it's it's going to lead to a higher divorce rate. It's going to lead to abortion. Um, being a norm. It's going to lead to, he even said, to um, euthanasia. Right? I mean, he gave this whole kind of list of things. And, and, and I remember even like, you know, 30 some years ago when we were back in seminary, we're studying this or whatever, you know, even then people are still kind of like, okay, yeah, we can see this. This is definitely happening. And, but other people are like, oh, come on, this is being extreme. It's being extreme. That what are you talking This Right. Can all be Common right. sense will draw a line that won't be crossed. Okay, so yeah. so here, yeah. here's another thing that um, it, it's, it's out there right now, and I encourage people to go take a look at it. Now, it's not from a Catholic perspective or Christian perspective, but there's a number of really incredible videos that get you thinking. Uh, one is called, from years ago, called The Demographics of Winter, and there was like two videos there, but the most more recent one that was just released, is called, I think it's called The Birth Gap, or it's talking about The Birth Gap, but there, there was this, this man, he, he said, he, re, he was looking at world population, and he said his whole life he's heard about overpopulation, overpopulation. And he started looking to UN statistics and so forth, and, and what he's come to discover is the problem and fear here is not overpopulation, but underpopulation. And people as, as Im important as Elon Musk and others have come out saying that the, the greatest thing that we are facing in our future is underpopulation. And you can do the math on this. And so, for example, um, he, uh, this gentleman who did this birth gap video, he goes in there and he shows simple math. And he shows how once you start a downward spiral of not having enough population, in, entire nations and populations of people will just disappear. What, once you get into the downward spiral, you can't recover. Um, two, two countries that he uses as example is Japan and Italy. So Japan is, is the worst right now where... So what he discovered, in this, and it's fascinating, people, I really encourage you to go over there and take a look. It's called the birth gap. You can look it up. But he thought that just the size of families were decreasing. But what he discovered is, since 1968, when the, the pill came out, the actual size of families, like having one child, two children, three children, four or more, the number of those families has actually been consistent. But what, what's gone through the roof is families that have chosen to have zero birth rate. So whether individuals or families, married couples, they're having zero children. And that has gone like astronomical. That number of a group of population has, has gone up where people who now have chosen to have no children at all. And that's the thing that has kind of skewed this. And that, that's what puts into this, this really negative spiral. So what happens, the natural result, if you think about to be healthy, for a culture or society to be healthy, for every person who's elderly, if you think of a pyramid, at the top is an elderly person. You need like 10 people at the bottom to be working in order to support that. Right now, it's, it's an inverted pyramid. You've got, for every one person at the bottom, there's 10 at the top. 
And, and what happens then is it, it falls in. So what's happening, Father Gross, as a result, um, things like euthanasia. So people who are older, elderly, um, sick, who like, quote, draining the resources yeah. of society. Developmentally dis- developmental disabilities, that's on the rise too. And, and so the thing, well, what do we do here? Oh, well, solution is let's just let's help them let's help them come to a merciful end let's yeah. help uh let's, let's put in these right and and what uh, what iceland for example was doing they were bragging that they had almost uh, eradicated down syndrome well what were they doing they were aborting children who were de- diagnosed with having it and, in, and in the utero point in in that birth gap he shows how there's kind of this false illusion like you look around and have, we have all these people like we're worried about migrants for example i know too many migrants coming and so forth and he goes out and he shows the numbers were every the only place there's a few countries in Africa who are doing okay the rest of the world literally we are in this depopulation spiral and it's it, it's a dangerous thing now one country Hungary and this he uh, I think it's Oban is I think the president Victor Orban Orban there we go you know he's kind of taken on the chin from the rest of Europe but he's made some really he saw the numbers and he said he he said, "Look, if we don't do something, the Hungarian people are going to disappear off the face of the earth." And he's incentivizing he, financially a lot of and families. Yeah. Families have children to grow, and and the European Union has like like they've just been angry at him. Like you're not going along with the policies, and he's like, "Wait a minute, we're going to disappear if we don't do right. something." So I mean, it's fascinating when you look at this because you still general media everywhere they're still going overpopulation, overpopulation. That that is not, folks. That is not the problem. Yeah, like uh, right. Elon Musk has a famous line. He says, "When you look at a, a, a country and you see that the the sales you have, the, you sell more adult diapers than baby diapers, you're in the death spiral." And you literally can go around and look, sure. and that it's the, the norm. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something that might not be acutely noticed now, but by the end of this century, those numbers will be borne out in lots of different places, you know, especially in in uh, the in uh, first world, you know, developed nations. There is a question that's been posed to us that was uh, not, um, yeah, um, that, that just was brought in uh, to the studio. Are there any Catholic leaders from history either of you admire or find underrated? I'm going to throw one name out of some somebody I've been hearing about in some circles recently. This was the first Chancellor of West Germany. His name is Konrad Adenauer, A-D-E-N-A-U-E-R. Um, he was a devout Roman Catholic, and he served in that post from for about 14 years, from 1949 to 1963, um, and uh, died shortly thereafter in, in 1967. He's somebody that I've had in the back of my mind. Like I really want to learn more about him because his life spans a lot of history in terms of um, uh, the, the end of uh, Otto Bismarck, uh, you know, the uh, First World War, um, certainly the Third Reich, the uh, Weimar Republic, and, and, you know, all of those different things. He was the mayor of the city of Cologne, you know, a highly Catholic uh, region of Germany. So that's just one name that, that comes to my mind. And, and, you know, what's so beautiful, too, but there, there, there are these, um, could you call like, fame, say, famous people in the world, and when you discover that behind them, 
their Catholic faith was the thing that was sustaining them in whatever responsibilities they're bearing. In mm-hmm. right, it's not just an exercise in nostalgia to look at that question. It's 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 about gleaning what lessons we can learn to carry with us today. So it's not a matter of saying, "Oh, wouldn't it have been great, you know, to have a leader who was doing that then?" What can they teach us now so that those eternal or timeless principles could continue it, to benefit and us? And what me is like uh, a thing that Satan said to Saint John Vianney. Now, of course, he was a priest. So he wasn't like just a average citizen or whatever. But he, he said, "There's a famous line that if there was just three of you in the world, my entire kingdom would be defeated." Yeah. And I, and I really think if if there were just what three active Catholics in the world political sphere wherever, that how it would transform. The, mm-hmm. all of culture, all of the whole world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a controversial thing to say, but, you know, there are certain times where you're you're pining for people to really kind of stick their neck out, and um, you can understand on a human level how um, fearful people might be of doing that because of the retribution that could be coming against them. But, yeah, you know, in a in a time such as this, you know, those things are very we necessary. We need Catholic heroes. We, we, <laughs> we, we need martyrs and witnesses. Yes, we need witnesses to the absolutely. truth. Yes, indeed. So um, at the beginning of the next hour, we're going to be talking some bioethics with an expert on this from Fargo. And uh, we're looking forward to that conversation on the other side of this break. One more hour to go on a Thursday from the Grand City Studios. You're listening to Real Presence Live. 